Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. All right. The title of my charge this morning is Praying with Fire. Praying with Fire. What did I call it? What did I call it? Praying with fire. In Exodus chapter 3, the Bible tells us a very interesting story from verse 1, but I choose to start from verse 2. It says, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto Moses in a flame. The angel of the Lord appeared unto Moses in the flame of fire in the midst of a bush. And he looked and behold, the bush burned with fire and the bush was not consumed. The Bible says he looked and behold what? The bush burned with fire and the bush was not what? And the bush was not what? So the Bible says behold, the bush burned and it was not consumed. So listen. Moses was not in search of an encounter. He saw something intriguing, something that defied chemistry. How can a fire be on a bush and the bush is not consumed? I want to see. And so he said to himself, out of curiosity, I must step aside to see. Let me tell you this. There is spiritual science. You have to understand that God, being the architect of the universe, he did not create things to limit himself. He created things for order. So the reason fire is the way we know it to be is not because fire cannot be anything else, but God designed it to be that way. Come on, are you getting what I'm saying? This is very important. So in the Bible, once in a while, you see things that defy science, not because those things are not normal, but we are not just used to them. In the earth realm, there are principles that apply. Just the same way you go to your family friend's house for holiday and you discover that they do things differently. In some homes, when you wash, when everybody's done eating, the youngest person wash, washes all the plates. That's how they were doing it in my house. When I went to my family friend's house and I discovered everybody washes their plates, I said, hey, hey. <laughs> Are these not human beings? But you see, the rules are applied. When you start your family, you start your own rules. You don't go home with a looter in an African home. Do you understand what I'm saying? But you see, there are rules. So when you're reading the book of Revelation and you see strange things, you see um, um, a sheep with lion's head and all those things, don't think that it is, is strange. How do you know what a lion looks like? There are spiritual laws, there are natural laws. There are celestial beings, there are natural beings. But now, Moses saw something that was strange to him based on his little understanding of chemistry, or at least his little understanding of nature. He saw a bush that was on fire but was not consumed, and he wanted to investigate. What is happening? He stepped aside to see. And when God saw that he stepped aside to see, God called out to him. Moses must have freaked out. Not only is this bush on fire and not consumed, it talks too. 
said, remove your shoes because the place where you are standing is holy ground. So he's learning something new about this particular type of fire. Number one, not only does it not destroy, instead it sanctifies. Come on, are you listening to me? Because you know that that ground couldn't have been holy because it was obeying the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments, you know, didn't even exist at the time. The ground wasn't holy because it was morally excellent. Grounds cannot lie. Grounds cannot steal. Grounds cannot do all, all those things. So why was the ground called holy? Just because God was on it. Come on, are you with me? So everything God owns takes on, at least temporarily, the attributes of God. God is holy, so everything he owns is holy, is sacred, is sanctified. So that ground is holy because God is on it. So there is a type of fire that instead of destroying, makes things better. Are you listening? So we are doing a spiritual science of fire. It doesn't destroy. It makes things better. And then the Bible tells us that it was actually the angel of the Lord that was on that bush the presence of God was dramatized and the fire that Moses saw was emblematic of the presence of God. Do you understand what I just said? So in a sense, it was not fire as we know it. It was just the presence of God. It was a prophetic manifestation of the presence of God. So three things. Number one, the presence of God many times in the Bible had fire as its emblem. The presence of God, many times in the Bible, has fire as its emblem. What did I say is number one? Number two, it does not destroy, it sanctifies. It does not destroy. It sanctifies. Thank you, Jesus. So you see, in Acts chapter 2, just imagine you had no precedence in the world and you saw in a place with fire on their head in the upper room. People are in a place, suddenly you see fire on everyone. <laughs> you will run around looking for an extinguisher. <laughs> fire everywhere. What is going on? Hey, 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 there's fire on your head. But that wasn't something to be scared of. It was something to be happy about. Because, listen, God promised that they should tarry until they are endued with power from on high. So the promise was actually the spirits. 
But that promise was fulfilled in a dramatized way. They saw fire. But what they received was the Spirit. Come on, are you with me? The Spirit came upon and within. And it was dramatized. So what they received was the presence of God. Having fire as its emblem that did not destroy them, but made them better. Come on, say amen if you believe what I'm saying. And so, in many instances in the Bible, the spirit is alluded to fire and vice versa. Look at, look at, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19. Fire is a common allusion to the Spirit in the Bible. 1 Thessalonians 5, 19. Read together loud as you can. One, two, go. Read it again. One, two, go. One more time, one to go. Quench not the spirit. Now listen, speaking naturally, when you say quench, what are you referring to? Fire. But he says quench not the spirit. So there's so many things to learn here. Apart from what I've already established, it tells you that fire was used to describe the presence of God and its effects. The presence of God and its effects. Presence of God and its effect. Jesus. And then, when he talks about the effects of the presence of God, he tells you that just the same way a fire is in a place, there are things that can be done to either extinguish it or to encourage it. And he says, such is the ministry of the Spirit in the life of a believer. Quench not! Oh my God! Listen! I have studied every revival that humans have ever experienced. And the principles are the same. It wasn't so much about the readiness of, of God or, or the lack thereof. When people take on God's promises already established and emphasize it, over a long period of time, they experience a revival. And when that emphasis begins to, begins to dwindle, then it dwindles. And so we think systematically that, oh, God just came, did something, and went away. And we gather people, we are praying, Lord, revival again, revival again. There is, there is a system to the fire. You've heard me teach about this before. When it comes to fire, there is a science of fire. It's called the fire triangle. If you understand the science of fire, you can have fire as often as you want. Once upon a time, in the Stone Age, fire was an accident. 
Just the same way some of us, when we're playing as children, you were playing with stones, and you struck it, and you saw it. And you were very fascinated, but you tried and tried again. It didn't happen as consistently as you wanted it. Is that, did you ever experience that? I know Gen, Gen Z is, is, is a Nintendo you were playing. Was a... Hallelujah. But you see, as mankind got better in understanding fire, it became predictable. We could control it. Now we use fire for many things. It's no longer an accident. We can use it to cook food. We can use it to burn things. We can use it to preserve things. Fire. We have learned to control it because there is a science to it. We know that when you have heat, when you have something combustible and you have fuel, and all of them exist at the same time, you will have fire. Come on, are you getting what I'm saying? The same way there is a science to spiritual fire. It's not an accident. So when people come and say, Pastor, I don't know what is happening in my walk with God. I'm struggling. Do you pray? No. Do you study? No. What, what, what do you want? Is it jazz? <laughs> is it magic? There is a science to fire. A science to it. So, if you want to stay vibrant in your walk with God, there is what to do. There is what to do. Every revival that died, it is because someone quenched it. That's why he's told you what he just said. Quench not. Are you listening to me? What did he say? Quench not the spirit. Meaning, if it dies, it's your fault. You didn't know about it. You didn't learn about it. Because you had... You see, are you ready for what I'm about to say? Revival is not just a prayer. It's not just a hope. It's a responsibility. It's a responsibility. You are given an instruction. Quench not. When you attend a conference and you are alive in your walk with God, you feel the fire and everything. And then after a while, you feel that beginning to dwindle. It's not God. Some can begin to pray, God, what is happening? I don't want to lose it. I don't want to lose it. It's not God. You know what you are supposed to do? Let me show you a text. Oh, Jesus, are you learning anything at all? Look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. I want you to read it together. I like people reading because it just cements it in your consciousness. Everybody read 2 Timothy 1, 6 together. One, two, go. <laughs> so in a meeting like this, 
Paul laid hands on Timothy and he received fire. And now he tells him, I'm putting you in remembrance. I'm reminding you to stir up. What does stir up mean? It is the Greek word anazoporio. And I'll tell you what it means. It means to kindle like a fire. To kindle like a fire. Stir up. Gift of God that was put in you by the laying on of my hands. Stir it up. Meaning, it can be there and you will not know. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you know that you can be full of power and not know? <laughs> Elijah can hear that Jezebel is looking for him and run. The same Elijah that was calling down fire, he's hiding. The angel appeared and said, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? You can forget. You can have encounters and forget. God told John the Baptist, he said, the person on whom you see the Spirit descend is the Messiah. He saw the Spirit descend like a dove in a dramatic, memorable way on Jesus. He knew without a shadow of doubt. But after a while, he forgot. He sent someone, and of course, because of offense, I don't want to get into that. He sent someone to ask Jesus, are you the Messiah or should we look for another? Are you the one? You can forget. Make no mistake. Do you know there are many people that have healed the sick that are not sure God heals anymore? <laughs> I mean, it can happen through your hands. And tomorrow, you're not sure. You can see the evidence like this and still doubt. Don't you wonder? Do you know what it means to see the spirit descend on someone? Like a dove, in a dramatic way. And then tomorrow you're saying, are you the one? Quench not the spirit. Listen, if you're not careful, people will be looking for a trace of spirituality in your life. Are you not the one they said was very vibrant that year? It's a responsibility. You have a responsibility. Come on, are you listening to this? Not the person by the side, say, quench not the spirit. Quench not the spirit. <laughs> Someone was sleeping, so you need to nudge the person well. Quench not the spirit. <laughs> Come on, are you with me? This is important. So it's what to do. Revival is systematic. There are steps to take. And without fail, you will see the result. Don't you understand? He says, you will seek me and find me. After that, you have sought for me with the whole of your... There is no middle ground. God is faithful. Don't you understand? He has not called the seed of Jacob to seek him in vain. Anytime a generation is not seeing God, the problem is never God. Never. Never. The Bible says he's a rewarder. Come on, are you with me? A rewarder of those who diligently seek him. If you want your work with God to change, there is what to do. Just receive the fire and keep it. That's all. Nurture it. 
Don't quench it. That's all. Fan the flames of the gift of God. Fan the flames. Have you ever bought bolly before? Or roasted corn? I'm not talking about the type that can power a highway. I just mean roasted corn. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Why are you laughing? You know? So they have a fan. And they will be doing like this. And every time they do this, what, what will happen? It will rise. That's what anazoporio means. To stir up. You can do that to your spirits. Every morning. Consistently. Stir it up. So how do you pray with fire? How do you stir up the gifts of the Spirit that are in you? Number one. <laughs> You're waiting for it, right? Number one is understanding. Oh, God. Many have suffered for not knowing this. Let me say this. First and foremost, I said fire is emblematic of what? The spirit. And it is used to describe the presence of God and its effect, right? So listen, when you have the Spirit, you have fire. You, you have to understand it. You have to understand it. If you don't understand it, you will suffer. Ah, years ago, I heard Pastor Adeboye say, <laughs> let me say this. If you don't study your Bible, you will suffer. In this journey of Christianity, if you are not a good Bible student, you will suffer many things. So, he fasted, I think he said, six months. What was he fasting for? For power. Now, fasting is important. He fasted six months. After six months, he didn't quite get what he wanted. His wife had been fasting with him, so he told her, I'm sorry, I have to continue. So he continued. And then one day, the Lord asked him, what are you fasting for? <laughs> he said this himself. He told the story himself. And he said, power. And the Lord said, open Acts 1 it." <laughs> After one year fasting, you would have just read your Bible. <laughs> and he opened it. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. You shall receive power. 
And so what if you fast not to seek it, but to encourage it? Do you understand what I'm saying? That understanding makes all the difference. So I am fasting to fan the flame of something I already have. Not to look for it, but to encourage it. Do you get it? It changes everything. The advent of the Spirit changes everything. When Jesus talked about the Holy Ghost, he talked about how prayer will change. When he promised the Spirit, he talked about prayer. He said, in that day, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. The reason is, Receiving the Spirit changes prayer forever. It changes prayer for the better. You have to understand how the Spirit is your advantage. When it comes to prayer. And I want to show you that very quickly. Open your Bibles, Romans chapter 8 verse 15. Romans chapter 8 verse 15. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, read Romans 8, 15 together. One, two, go. So listen. He's talking to people who have received the Spirit. And he's telling them what they have received. The advantage of what they've received. He said, you have received the spirit of adoption. What is adoption? Adoption means sonship. Just like when you adopt a child. You have received the spirit of sonship. Do you know what that means? Let me give you context. You can have a boss in the office. And you know the way you behave with your boss. It's not the same way you behave with your friend. Right? There is a kind of decorum when you're around your boss. There is a protocol when you want to see your boss. Sometimes you have to write a letter. You cannot just call. You have to send an email. Isn't that true? You send an email. There's a protocol. Sometimes you want to see the boss, you have to book an appointment. And as everybody is waiting in the reception to see the boss, his son just walks in. Hello, everybody. (laughs) And then opens the door and says what he wants to say to his dad and goes. Do you understand? Because the same person has different relationships. It depends on who you are. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, Prayer, as powerful as prayer is, is dependent on who you are. (laughs) The power of prayer changes depending on who you are. Receiving the Holy Spirit changes prayer because now you are a son. You have to understand that has changed everything. Once upon a time, God was just God. Now he's daddy. Are you getting it? It's a totally different ball game. 
his daddy. <laughs> Don't you understand? Have you seen a mom? Maybe you're talking to a mother and she hears her child crying somewhere. First thing is, they always know the voice. No matter how many people, when a mom hears her child cry, she will spot it. Isn't that true? And then she will leave what she's doing immediately. Say, excuse me. So he says, the spirit of adoption helps us cry. It is a new type of prayer. We cry, Dada! Prayer has changed because relationship has changed. Don't you understand? The God of the universe is my daddy. Oh, it's like I'm in the wrong church. I said the God of the universe. That, that God you all talk about. That God that you all praise and that I praise too. He's my daddy. So the spirit of adoption helps me cry. In fact, the real translation is not actually father. It describes the babbling of a baby. The imperfect babbling of a baby where a child says dada. The real root translation of, that, of those two words is not father. It's not quite articulate. It's something affectionate. It's something passionate. It is something intimate. Father to child. So when you begin to see prayer as a father to child affair, you know some of you, you have learned warfare but you've taken it to the extreme. You have forgotten that the one to whom you are praying is daddy. Whatever it is that is his will for my life, he wants it for me. He's not a wicked person. He's not an irresponsible father that I have to persuade. He wants it for me. So when I pray, I go with that understanding. Come on, are you listening to me? No good thing will he withhold. Uh, it's a consciousness in prayer. So when I want to pray, <laughs> have you seen people if they're trying to talk to you and you're not listening then they just start crying <laughs> I won't mention any particular gender <laughs> what's that I said I won't mention you're still complaining is that guilty conscience <laughs> when you understand prayer can be a cry <laughs> an irresistible cry of a child. Changes everything. So, when you are praying, let people be able to see intimacy. Let it show in your demeanor that you believe that the person to whom you are praying is your daddy. I'm talking about how to pray with fire. When Jesus prayed, they noticed something was different. This relationship different. Is it the same God? 
They left everything they thought they knew. They said, teach us to pray, teach us to pray. <laughs> John taught his disciples, teach us to pray. Many of them used to be John's disciples before. They had learned about prayers before. They were Jews. Jews pray. But Jesus' prayer was different. And what was the first thing Jesus taught them to pray? Our Father. Listen, the consciousness of the fatherhood of God changes prayer. Changes prayer. He that spared not his own son. How shall he not freely give us all things? Can I tell you something? Are you ready for this? Since I got born again, I have not prayed for money once. I'm not, I'm not saying you should not pray for money. <laughs> I'm talking about myself. I mean, see, even for church, I've not prayed God provide. God, uh -uh. Not once, Father, provide. No. I'm sorry. I can't bring myself to pray that. And if you don't understand what I'm saying, that's okay. I'm saying me, me, me. I have not once, daddy. Don't you understand? I never had to remind my earthly parents to pay my school fees. Never. Even me as a child, I'll forget. <laughs> In fact, I will bring the bill as a child. Sometimes I won't look at it. I just give them. What's my way? If you know, will you change anything? Can you do anything about it? They say I should give you. Take. <laughs> I'm just the messenger. Take. If you don't pay, I'm all right. I could go out to play. <laughs> Hallelujah. Money, Baba, come. Can I tell you, my approach to prayer is this. God, I am totally sold to your plan. I want what you want. I trust you. I don't have to think about my welfare. You love me more than you, I love myself. If I, if, in fact, if I ask small, I see it's not going. I move on. If I apply for anything, it didn't work. Except I am persuaded that God wants me to have it. No time. No time. It's trust. It's trust. Please, are you listening to me? If God wants me to meet somebody. <laughs> you know, there's a great man of God. Let me say this. I have never lobbied to see any man 
in my life. See, please, oh, I'm telling you my personal principles. It, it just it doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for me. All my significant relationships are spiritually orchestrated. So the Lord told me one day, he said, this, 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 you will do with this great man of God. And the Lord knows me. I will not go, <laughs> I will not. You won't even see me, I won't, I won't even suggest it. You won't see me around. So the Lord said, he will call you. The Lord told me that he will call you. And when he calls you, this is what you will say. And so last week, I'm praying, 2 a.m., I saw a text. When, when a man of God sends you a text 2 a.m., know that God spoke to you. <laughs> he said, I want to talk to you. It's not a phone matter. Come and see me. So I sat there. I already knew what he was going to say. <laughs> and he was parambulating, you know, uh, respectfully, you know, trying to, I was waiting. Then he said what God said. And then I replied what God said I should reply. <laughs> That's my life. I trust him with my life. Can I tell you something? I, I am more weird than I've said, though. I am more weird. I have never tried to make money in my life. That I'm going to be rich. I've not, I've not said I want to be rich. I've never done it. I'm very responsible. Do you understand what I'm saying? I, please don't get what I'm saying wrong. I have savings. I have investments. But the motive has never been, I want to be rich. Not, never. Never. <laughs> what do I want? What God wants? Do, do you understand? See, the intentionality of God in my life humbles me. So I'm just like, my job, hello. You understand? So when I'm praying, my prayer is alignment. I just, I just want to be in your will. Anywhere you are not blessing, I don't want to be found there. And anything you are not interested in, no matter how far I've gone, I will shut it down. I'm telling you. I've shut down churches before. You may not know it. Go and do your research. The, the, I'm, the churches were doing well. <laughs> I say so hello everybody <laughs> you know what I'm saying huh? you won't see us next week God bless you it's been wonderful Odabo <laughs> hey, hey, now if I, I there is nothing I hope I'm going to teach on that this afternoon it's one of the biggest principles a believer can learn this is biggest secret of power if I touch anything, know that God wants me to touch it. And that's why I'm dangerous. 
let me say this. On the outside, Celebration Church may look ambitious so that we are planting churches. I have no ambition, none, none. You know, last week someone said, how do you feel? I said, feel that what? <laughs> I don't have any feelings about it. In fact, I feel burdened that God, <laughs> more work. That's how I feel. I don't feel different now than I felt five years ago. No difference. Yeah, I'm grateful. Don't get me wrong. But it's God's work. God will make a name for himself with my life. Don't you understand that? He will. He will. I don't go out. I don't obsess about who I am. I don't obsess about the impact I have. That, ah, Muti blow. <laughs> God, you see, God sees my heart, not once. That, ah! This is the secret. This is, and this is why what some other people are begging for and crying for, you know, God is giving you. Because, you just, you, you, because God proves the heart. Because when God told Abraham, I want to make you a father of nations, Abraham said, why? You see Ishmael. Abraham was okay. God said, no, not Ishmael. I will give you. So it was God's own ambition. That's why when a pagan king is out of line, God will visit his bedroom. You don't know who you are joking with. Do you understand what I'm saying? The reason I'm saying this is, some of you are praying, you have read principles of prayer. You have missed the most important things. So you are praying fervently about some things. You have not first of all asked God, God, what do you want me to do? This visa I am praying that I must get. Should I travel? <laughs> Before we move on, should I, should I try? Am I wasting my time? Go and read about David. Should I pursue? Should I overtake? It was never about strategy. It was about what God wants. His battles were never personal. Never personal. If the way you know God really sent you, is that is how you will take it if it fails. <laughs> you sent me. I tried now. Did I not try? Did, you can't fault me that I did not pray, I did not study, I did not fast. That one, I did it. Do you understand what I'm saying? When you say God sent me, I'm afraid. Your heart is not right. You are afraid to fail. If you fail, so what? Ah, God, I'm deviating from my notes to help someone. If you fail, so what? You think if this church had 10 members, I would be less confident. You don't know me. Go and ask people who have, I'm the same. I have been walking the same way, talking the same way. I've been, you know, one day I was just strutting through the house. And auntie said, see the way you're walking as if you own the whole world. It's my walking step. That's how it is. <laughs> it's not Shakarao. 
One day I was walking in the mall. I wore hoodie. So when I'm going to the mall, you know, I wore hoodie, wore sunshade, I wore mask. My PA is here, we tell you. So I say, ah, nobody will recognize me. As I walk past, someone say, hello, Pastor Aaron. <laughs> so I said, <laughs> I said, sorry, I have to ask you, how did you know it was me? He said, ah, your walking step. <laughs> I said, God. Anyway, all of that is a deviation. The understanding of the fatherhood of God If you understand that, you will even treat delay differently. The fatherhood of God. Ah, why am I rushing if it's not rushing? Make a name for yourself with my life. Ah, oh yeah, don't give me children. Don't, I'm not, see, I'm not trying to have it to prove to my friends. I'm not. You know if you give me a child, I will raise that child in the way of the Lord. It will be a plus. When God can brag about Abraham, ah, this guy, he will command his children. Therefore, he must have children. Are you getting what I'm saying? And then I have enough security to trust God that there must be a purpose behind the delay. I noticed that every single person that was barren in the Bible gave birth to someone great. Every, without exception. Without exception. Without exception. What if they just pressured God, God just said, mm, you want child? Oh, yeah, take. <laughs> just stone you one. You now wonder why he does not hear what. <laughs> you want a child now? Some, out of pressure, they will go to water. Then they will now give you one child. His, his head is blocked. Oh, King Boron. You want someone from the water to hear what? He's now a thorn in your flesh. Are you listening to me? I said something, I think the first time I preached this was January last year. Listen to this. It will change your life. Are you ready? If your destiny is to give birth to John the Baptist. You will not be pregnant until Mary is pregnant. Are you getting it? So it, it, the timing has to align. So God is not working with your biological clock. He's working with Kairos. He's working with the purpose that that child is supposed to come to the earth to fulfill. To fulfill. If you are rushing, oh, yeah, take. John the Baptist must not be born too far before, too far after the assignment. The assignment. Listen, it's easier preached than done. Because this high priest is going into the temple, making sacrifices for everybody. Being holy, you know, being of impeccable character. And people are wondering. People might not be able to voice it, but they have questions. How come this high priest has no child? He's anointed, full of the Spirit. Zachariah will pray for other people, those children. Where is your own? Are you getting this? 
Where is your own child, man of God? Where is your own? And he's going there every year, faithfully. He's doing everything he's doing faithfully, making sacrifice for the people faithfully. When God's timing came, it was all about the timing. It was all about the timing. I'm saying there is no single barren person in the Bible that eventually gave birth to a mediocre. Not one. But what if, you know, you know, some of you, you only wait till God proves to you at the end. You frustrate him in the process. Joseph wasn't grumbling in Potiphar's house. He wasn't grumbling in prison. It is easy for you to think the story is powerful because you know how it ended. Joseph did not know he was going to be prime minister. He was doing what he was doing in prison because that's who he is. Thanking God in every season. He wasn't a class conscious person. Do you understand what I'm saying? He's not a class conscious person. There is, God sees my heart. There is nothing I have materially that I will not readily lose. There's nothing I hold there. Nothing. I just want to be in the will of God. Take everything. The understanding of the fatherhood of God. If, if I end on this point, is enough. God can be trusted. So, when I'm coming to him in prayer, I'm not trying to persuade a wicked man. He can be trusted. I trust him with my life. What need? I'm about, I'm about, am I about to tell him that he doesn't even already know? Do you get it? Time is past spent, so I'll just wrap up. The next way to pray with fire is to call it. <laughs> it's to call it. <laughs> the next way to pray with fire is to what? I have to come down now from this mountain. Please listen to me because a lot of Christians miss this. I have discovered that there are a lot of people who are very prayerful but are not necessarily powerful. Now, this might contradict everything you know, but just hear me out. Prayer is like loading a gun with bullets. You need to learn to direct it and to pull the trigger. Many Christians don't know how to pull the trigger after they've prayed. Do you understand what I'm saying? They don't know how to give direction to the power of God. There is nobody who is prayerful who is not powerful. But not many people who are prayerful know how to direct power. So, 
Jesus, after praying and fasting 40 days, he went straight into the, into the synagogue, opened the scriptures, and said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me. And he says, this day is this scripture fulfilled before your eyes. That's an example of what I am saying. Giving direction to the power of God. You see, not only have you said, I, 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 I'm, I, you know, I'm full of the spirit and all of that. Say it. Say what you have received. Do you understand what I'm saying? A lot of people are not convinced about the power of God. That's the problem. They've not sat down to meditate on it and be convinced. So they try God. They always have options. If they are praying for the sick, they have options. Somewhere in their mind, they are thinking it may or may not work. But the, the principle is this. If you shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, and you don't doubt in your heart, then you will have what you say. Meaning, when you are going to pray, you must pray like someone who has something. And you must talk like it. If you don't learn it, and that's why I was making you talk yesterday. You have to say, thank you, Father. Because you make your angel spirits and ministers flame of fire. I am a flame of fire. I carry fire. As I go to minister, fire is going to be manifest. You have to talk like that. Come on, are you getting what I'm saying? Not many ministers have learned to talk like that. So as soon as Jesus was filled with the Spirit, he told everybody, you know, just like a song that Domwen sang. You know that song? By Domwen. You know? He said, you know, <laughs> oh yeah, it's okay now. <laughs> At the beautiful gate, they told that guy, he said, look on us. Do you understand what I'm saying? Meaning you have to see yourself as someone who has it. If you don't learn what I am teaching you, you will not see your full potential. Everybody who flows in the power of God, they seem arrogant. <laughs> seem arrogant. Because there is no other way to flow in the power of God. You have to say it like you have it. And when Jesus says, destroy this temple, I will build it back in three days. They are angry and they will not explain. <laughs> Go and cry. <laughs> Hallelujah. You, you have to learn to talk it. So now, all the fire in the Old Testament was just a type and a shadow of the presence of God that the new creation has. You know that, right? But from the Old Testament, you can learn something about fire. I just taught you from Exodus 3. Another person to study is Elijah. A lot of Christians are like, oh God, I want more fire. I want more fire. And Elijah is calling down fire. He's playing with it. And you a new creation. Oh God. When will your fire come? You are looking for fire. Elijah was playing with it. Are you getting what I'm saying? Elijah knew how to call fire. He would prepare an altar and call fire. 
if your work with, with God is struggling, do you know how to call fire on your altar? You can. It's a spiritual principle. So the fact that the scope has changed, unlike the fire of Elijah, yours is not for destruction. Yours makes things better, makes you better. Do you understand what I'm saying? And that's why, you see, the disciples of Jesus, when they tried to preach somewhere and they wouldn't let them in, they said, call down fire just like Elijah, and Jesus rebuked them. Jesus did not come to destroy, but that men through him might be saved. But you see, the principle of calling fire remains the same. Because the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2, that you, you still have an altar in your heart. And you are to present your body. Living sacrifice. Are, are you with me? Holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. What about the altar of your heart? Now, you are waiting for God to call the fire. You are wrong. You are the one with the responsibility. You call fire on your altar. Are you listening to me? You call it. Elijah could control it. That's why he could use it for sports. He called the other people. He said, set your altar. When you are done, call me. Call your God. Well, well. Maybe he's in the market. Maybe he's sleeping. And when it was time, he even poured water on his own. Thank you. He even poured water on it. And then he called down fire. Fire came from the sky. Licked up the water. Licked up the altar. Licked up everything. What about you? When will you call fire on your altar? When? 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 Are you aware you can do that? Or those days are gone. What if I told you that all that Elijah did, God was showing you in seed form, in types and shadows, what your life was meant to be? You can call down fire. No wonder he said, stir up, stir up, stir up. So you can, you can kindle something from inside you. Did you hear what I said? I said you can kindle something from inside you. That's what we came to do. Thank you, Jesus. Say, that's what I came to do. Say, that's what I came to do. Say, that's what I came to do. So listen, the same way Elijah could say, watch now, I will call down fire. You can tell your friends, oh, watch, this, this weekend, I want to set myself on fire. You can set a target for yourself. This is how to keep and sustain a revival. I'm not just going to be waiting for it. It is my responsibility whether the fire of the spirit will be quenched or encouraged. So I'm going to do something about it. I set myself on fire. <laughs> Listen, listen. So this is the practical now. You've prayed, right? You've prayed this morning for a while. So now you're going to set yourself on fire with utterance. Did you hear what I said? You set yourself on fire. 
So you're going to talk, you're going to say, in the name of Jesus, I take from within me and I put upon every mediocrity I separate from my life. Everything inhibiting my spiritual progress, I separate from my life. The Bible says that you should lay aside every weight. Meaning it is not God's responsibility, it is your responsibility. You say, I lay aside every weight and I set myself on fire and I decree that right now I step into my full potential and power in the energy of God. In the full potential of my call and of my anointing. In the name of Jesus. Ah, he says, thou anointed my head with oil. My cup runs over. Not only am I full, I am running over. And right now with utterance, I call the fire. You have five minutes for that. to the anointing of the Holy Ghost that I have upon me. And don't skip after Zabelen no Kabile Runian de le Kapaya Son de leto fracte Zabeleto Kinahai Say with me, fire on my altar. Say, see it coming. Fire on my altar. I put fire on my altar. Fire on my altar. Same. I'm burning. 
Sitakana no kinaya Sinakone Kone He said, I will pour water on him that is thirsty.
I give you two more minutes. Just pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. This is how champions are made. 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 Hey, 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 hey. Ta, ta. no calls. That the excellency of the power may be of God. My words and my preaching are not in persuasive words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of spirits and power. Demonstration of spirit and power. Demonstration of spirit and power. Thank you, Lord. Glory to your name, Lord. Glory to your name, Lord. Let me explain what God has done this morning so that you will understand it and thank him for it. I said it is a fire conference and the fire is for witnessing. So something has come on people, enabling them to teach the gospel with boldness. New champions have been raised. New weapons have been forged. Dependable people in God's army. By the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Teach and demonstrate. Thank you, Father. So one last time before we go. Say thank you, Father. Because you have made me a flame of fire. Say everywhere I go. Your fire in my life is recognized. In everything I do, your fire in my life is recognized. See, everywhere I go, your fire in my life is recognized. See, in everything I do, your fire in my life is recognized. Everywhere I go, the fire in my life is recognized. In everything I do, fire in my life is recognized one more time everywhere i go fire <laughs> Woo! give him praise give him praise do it well give him praise For listening, we are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809 
996-7000. Blessings.